0: What's up? Victoria Brown here, the host, your host of the Very Best Self podcast. Uh, I want to thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is a good one. Um, so if, if memory serves me correct here, I believe this episode is going to be dropping on January 18th. Uh, and if you did not know, fun fact, January 14th has been dubbed as National Quitters Day. So what that means is National Quitter's Day is typically the day when people give up on their resolutions. I don't know why. That's just something I've read. But that's when people typically tend to give up on their New Year's resolutions. So that is why today's episode is perfectly timed. I have Kendra Hall on today, and Kendra is going to talk all about storytelling the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are, what we believe to be true about ourselves, how we can change the narrative on our personal storytelling, and how we can choose to tell ourselves stories that support stronger versions of ourselves, that support, you know, that higher version of you, right? Um, And so if you are someone who didn't even realize it, but January 14th rolled around and you were feeling disconnected from the resolutions that you set for yourself, the goals that you set for yourself at the beginning of this year. I hope that this episode sets you back onto your path to choose and write stories that really just motivate you and inspire you to do all the things that you set out to do in this world. So Kendra is she's an author. She's a public speaker. She leads keynotes all over the country. She is the author of two separate books. She has a brand new book out called Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. Um, She's been reviewed by Forbes, USA Today, the Washington Post. Um, She is just a kick-ass chick who is a fellow New Yorker and, uh, I just adore her. And I think that you're going to find so many, you know, takeaways and so many nuggets and things that you're going to want to write down throughout the process of this episode. And, uh, like I said, hopefully this episode will keep you on track and help you hold yourself accountable for all that you set out to do this year. Uh, cause that's what I aim to do. You know, that's why I'm here. You know, that's why I do like this entire podcast. Like why I do this is because I love, inspiring people to find stronger versions of who they already are and connect with that better version of you, that higher version of you, your very best self, right? So that's why we're on the VB squad together, you and me, the very best self squad. All right, let's 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 get into it. Here we go. I am honored and excited to have this conversation today. I have Kendra Hall on the podcast. Among all of the things that this woman does, she is currently, her most recent book that is coming out uh, is Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. So we're going to talk all about stories today, and I'm super honored to have you on, Kendra. Now,
1: Victoria, I'm so, so happy to be here.
0: Yes. Thank you. And you're new to New York now as well, right?
1: Yeah. We're on our fourth year, but I figure, you know, since two of them were pandemic years, it's like dog years, right? So I say we're like 10 years in. That's what it feels like.
0: (laughs) I feel that same way because I moved to New York six months before the pandemic. No. Yeah. So like, wrote out the whole situation here in New York City, which was just an interesting situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I see you talked about that on your Instagram about like just still moving to New York and, and getting comfortable and you know, settled here still after that time. Yeah,
1: I think um, you know, there was it was we we had a couple, you know, we had some time under our belt, but it's still it was so and I remember the day we were like, no, we're we're staying. We're we're gonna be here, we're gonna ride it out. And I would go for runs, Victoria down the middle lane of Madison Avenue. That's how empty it was. Like there was not a car, not, an. I mean, it was almost dangerous in a way because there were no other people. It was just me. So I'm glad we, I'm glad we stayed and I'm ready for the comeback.
0: Here for it. Oh my God. Right. I feel that. (laughs) I feel that in my bones. I feel it in my soul. And I I feel like it's
1: like partially like my responsibility. I'm like, yes, I'll go to that show. Yes. I'm going to go ride that class. Like, yes, yes, yes. Here we go.
0: (laughs) I know. Right. Just saying yes to everything because we, because we can. Yes. Because we can, and I totally know what you mean too. Because I I didn't actually do it, but I remember I had like this idea that I wanted to just go take photos somewhere in like right in like Times Square because there's no one there. It's just no, I know, kind of scary. It was creepy a little bit, it
1: was a little creepy,
0: yeah. Um, okay, so this book you have coming out, um, when does it drop? And let's talk all about it. Choose your story, change your life. And I think the people, are I know, people who listen to my podcast know that I'm all about choosing your story. And I talk about that quite frequently. Mm-hmm. So I'm just super excited to dive into this topic um, with you, knowing that you know so much about it.
1: Yeah. I, the book comes out or is out January 11th. Um, so I feel like it's one of those things. And, and you know it every author knows it. it's, um, it is such, you know, you're, you're like, oh man, I got to write this book. I got to write this book. And you're, you're in the writing and you're like, oh, this is so hard. And then it's time to edit the book and you're editing and editing. And you're like, oh, please, I just want to, I just want to be done editing. And then it's launch, right? Where you're talking about it and pre-ordering. and And so, and then it's finally the book is out. Yes, it's out. And then it's you know, continuing to spread the message because the only reason you write a book is because you have a message that you care about, that you're hoping that if people read it, it'll make a difference in their lives. And so it's it's an ongoing cycle. So I'm really excited for this message to be in the world because, yeah, I think I think right now... Always and especially right now, it's good to be reminded that while we don't have control over the things that happen to us, right, and they can happen suddenly um, in big ways and in small ways, we do have control over the story we choose to tell ourselves and the stories we choose to draw on on any given day and in any given situation,
0: Right. I love that. And so is there, is there like a major moment that happened in your life or a story that you were just believing a certain thing to be true about yourself that you decided to change the narrative on that kind of like set all of this in motion for you?
1: I would, I would say that we, I mean, we could look at it, it. There's so many different areas of life where these things come in. I remember one actually was many years ago and I, I've never considered myself An athlete or or physically capable whatsoever. Like I was the speech and debate geek. I was the theater kid. I got injured on the golf team. Stop. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was in eighth grade. My dad wanted me to play golf because he thought it was a good, not only a good, you know, to be out and, you know, a good sport, but good for the for future you know i could be a woman who knew how to golf which he was not wrong about that but i i got hit in the head with a club on yeah. the golf team so so the girl who could get injured on the golf team i had some serious stories about my athletic ability and and those are fine i guess to have when you're young or when you're in high school or even in college and your metabolism is kind of working in your favor just like on a baseline, right? We're all different, but I was doing it. And then it just started to catch up with me and telling myself this story that, oh, I can't exercise or I can't get in shape, or I don't want to go to a fitness class or whatever it may be really wasn't serving me towards the goal of wanting to feel healthy and wanting to feel strong and wanting to feel good in my body. And I had all these old stories, like injured on the golf team. Like, I don't know if you had to do these physical fitness tests in elementary. Yes, I hated those. It was like run a
0: mile and I would get like anxious and start sweating. And I like, Uh, I could do it. It was fine. But I would get so upset, like leading up to it.
1: I know. We're like, we had the V sit and reach where you just had to sit there and I don't know what it was. You just had to sit there and like reach forward, but it was so stressful. And I remember I had this distinct memory of being in first grade and having to do a pull-up and like all the kids were in line and they were chanting and counting how many pull-ups every person could do. And it was my turn to get up there and do a pull-up and I I couldn't even do one. And all of the kids were like, what. Like waiting for me to pull myself up, my butt started cramping like I couldn't and I just fell to the ground. And that story, along with many others, stuck with me. And so when the day came for me to go, I had a friend encourage me actually to go to a spin class. This was long before I moved to New York. And I was like, well, I can't. I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. And thank goodness she was very persuasive. And so I went. And I will say it was a really painful physically and mentally position to be in. Like I couldn't keep up. It was really hard. But I decided in that moment that I wanted something different for my life. And if that's what I wanted. Then I was going to have to tell myself a different story. Not that I couldn't, but maybe that I was a work in progress. And that was one of the first. I mean, there's was, there's was many, but that was one. That was one of the times where I remember sitting in that class and and following the people in front of me and and working to embrace a new story of I can do this. I'm learning. Um, so that's just one example, and there there's so many, and they keep popping up, right? Like. That's what personal growth is, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely never-ending. And this is like, you know, it's something I talk about all the time because I I, I love all of those examples and I love all of those stories. But those stories, these are the stories that make us who we are. Mm -hmm. And so... It's crazy how we can have these stories from our childhood that really define who we are as adults. Mm-hmm. And, and we forget that we have that power to say, okay, this is not a, a story that supports a, a higher version of who I am. This is not a, a story that supports, you know, who I want to become. And so like, why am I telling myself this story and then having the power to realize and recognize that we can just rewrite the story? We yeah. can change the narrative. We can change all of it. it. doesn't mean you're changing the facts about what happened, but what you change is the way that you feel about the facts. Yeah.
1: You bring up such an important point when it comes to, even when I was titling the book, you'll see it's choose your story, change your life, not change your story, change your life because we can't change. Like I can't change the fact that I got hit in the head with a golf club uh, when I was in eighth grade on the golf team and that that was super embarrassing and left a mark both again, physically and mentally. I can't change what happened in first grade. I can't change, these are facts, but what I can do is choose better stories, from my life. And maybe maybe this is something that you're grappling with right now, listening to this. It's the beginning of a new year. Maybe you have some goals, whether they be career or financial or maybe your physical health. You might say, well, I've never, I've never done this or I've never had that. Well, for me, I was able to look back at my life and say, when are some other times where I came into a situation where I felt really uncomfortable and like I didn't belong and was able to push through and be successful? And I had stories. Stories from my life. Yes, they weren't about running marathons or winning pull-up contests, but they were other stories that reminded me that when I put my mind to something, anything, I can get it done. So why don't I choose to tell myself those stories and instead I choose to tell myself the stories that keep me stuck? And that's – so while we can't change the stories, we can't choose better ones and take responsibility for the stories that are running through our heads that are guiding our actions that are shaping our lives.
0: Yeah, totally. I think also would you would you just say that it's crazy cuz our minds just automatically go to the dark place? <laughs> it's like why 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 do our brains just do that to us it's like they just want to sabotage us and they'll be like oh remember that one time when you failed remember that one time when you fell on your face like that could happen at this time that could happen in this situa- situation and it's crazy how our brains do that but it's like it's just like anything else we do it's pattern interrupting it is re- recognizing it and the, the more we kind of like catch ourselves in that in that moment of being like where you're going to the badlands as my friend Madison always says or you're going to that like dark place like you got to catch yourself and the more you get better at catching yourself in the moment of going down that dark, deep, dark rabbit hole that's just circling and spiraling into a negative place um, and 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 remembering a negative, you know, memory. Um, it's it's exactly what you just said. It's collecting thinking of experiences and collecting those other moments when you succeeded at something. And maybe it was like the first day of class and you were, you felt uncomfortable and you felt scared and you felt afraid and you felt like you weren't going to fit in or people weren't going to like you. And, you know, I'm going back to just like elementary, middle school for whatever reason, but like, you know, and then you ended up being best friends with the person next to you. And then this Mm -hmm. was, ended up being your favorite teacher you ever had and like how everything played out to be just an incredible, you know, situation for you. But we don't go to that place automatically. Automatically, we go to the badlands.
1: <laughs> well, and and it makes sense that we. So there's so many like the automation is key, right? Recognizing that this is that our brains. We are automatic storytellers. Like uh, we don't, this is not something like you don't have to work to breathe. You don't have to work to pump blood through your veins. Like that is something your body handles. Your body also handles the inner narrative. It's like, no, no, I got this. But that negativity aspect of it, that's also programmed in because your brain is designed. It's only goal is to keep you safe, is to keep you from death. And it has that spidey sense to be able to say, oh, that's a threat. Oh, that's a threat. That's a threat. And I mean, it's not threats like famine or you know herds of wild elephants trampling you. It's threats like embarrassment and threats like failure. But again, with a brain that wants to keep you safe it's no wonder that it's like ooh but remember da, 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 da. and again it's doing all of this without you really realizing it and right. i think that's one of the things that i really hope that people take away whether from this conversation or if they decide to get the book is like oh that's so cute like thank you brain thank you thank you i know your intentions are good but we're gonna go this way now. Like we don't—that isn't real anymore. Where we can, we'll be alive, and we can pursue this endeavor. So, yeah. And and you're absolutely right. The first step, literally, the first step is catching the automation and saying, "Wait, hold on a second. I bet there's a story." there like why am i procrastinating right now why am i not reaching out to this person when they could be an important connection for me oh i have all these stories of not being worthy um why
0: am i not why am i not there's always a story there always a story there and speaking also of stories you know you have also you train people in business to tell their stories in positive ways and, you know, you give keynote speeches on storytelling and, you know, how did you learn the art of storytelling? And not only is it just telling that narrative to ourselves, but how you speak out loud in telling stories as well. Yeah, I, I
1: was one of those people where my, have you, like, I think about it as the book, um, there's the children's book, What Do You Do With An Idea, which is so good. I think every adult should read I feel it. like I
0: have read that at some oh, point. That's
1: so yeah. good. Yeah, where this idea kind of like follows you around and the phases that you have with it, where at first you're like, what are you? And then you're like, oh, I really like you. And then you share it with someone else. And you're like, wait, I'm
0: embarrassed about this idea, right? Wait, first um, of all, let me, let me interrupt you really quickly because I am going to a baby shower this weekend and they <gasps> asked for no cards. They want everyone to bring, in addition to your gift, they want um, everyone to bring a book. So I'm going to bring this book.
1: Seriously, it is – like it makes me want to cry just thinking about it. It is such a good book. And then there's also a book that I – I don't know if I haven't read it or if I just didn't love it as much by the same author, uh, which is like, what do you do with a problem maybe? But the idea book is just so inspirational and so true to anyone who's ever had an idea. Um, And for me, I told my first story when I was 11 and it sounds so strange, but even at 11, I realized that there was it was an assignment. So I told it in front of a room full of third graders. And I could see the power that this story had to grab their attention, to have them right there in the palm of my hand. And so I continued telling stories first just at my church where I was like protected by God, but then on the speech team. And then um, I ended up entering a national storytelling contest, which sent me to the National Storytelling Festival. I was on the board of directors. So I have, uh, since I was a child, um, and then even more so in my early adult years, been witness to and a student of what a story is capable of doing. And I would say at that time, it was very much outward storytelling, right? As I, w- I was the recipient of a story. But I think more importantly, realizing that even really small moments can be important stories if you let them. I think both in business and as we're thinking about our own personal stories, we assume that for a story to be worthy, there's so much judgment in what constitutes a story that has to be big, over the top, worthy of the silver screen or a ride at Disney World, when when really sometimes it is the smallest stories that make us feel the most human. Um, And so I would go to these storytelling festivals where these people were telling really small stories and everyone was so moved and impacted by it. Um, And as the years went on, I continued to study stories for my thesis. I was in sales and marketing where I was using stories. I did some work with nonprofits for fundraising and storytelling. Um, And eventually I came to the conclusion that this thing that I just assumed everybody knew how to do because I'd been doing it for so long or everybody realized how important it was, that people were missing it. And they were, they were just, they weren't, they were thinking they were telling stories, but they weren't. Or they were like, I don't have when, – when it came down to it, right, and they only had a 30-second spot or, you know, had to grab the attention really quickly, they would just go back to, you know, we every year your donation saves the lives of 300,000 people. It's like I can't even comprehend three people barely. Like why are you talking about 300,000? Tell me a story about the one person whose life I have changed. And I will give you more money. So um, just coming to this conclusion that people, whether it is in business, and of course now in this, my first book was Stories That Stick and was all about business storytelling and teaching people, A, how important stories are and why,
0: and B, then how to tell them. I love that. I love that. I think it's something that's often overlooked. Because Mm -hmm. people, especially when you, um, Simon Sinek has a couple books, he has a a bunch of books. Um, He's one of my favorite authors, but um, so he he talks about in in, uh, one of his books, I think it's maybe Leaders Eat Last, um, just about companies and brands that made it and those and and ones that didn't and how really a lot of times it's about the way that they tell the story about the Mm -hmm. product and how you will feel when you use the product and not necessarily about what the product can do for you, but more so about how you're going to feel as a consumer if you use this product. And when people, when, when brands go, go about it that way, that's how they succeed, right? Yeah. That's how they succeed.
1: And and it's true like whether it's a whether it's a big brand I see the challenge for big brands is they it's easier to lose touch with those Small individual stories. It all kind of blends together as part of the bigger brand. Um, So, whether it's a big brand and then doing the extra work to find the smaller stories, or whether you're building an individual brand, maybe you're an entrepreneur, uh, or maybe you're an intrapreneur within an organization and you're trying to build your personal brand within the corporate ladder so that you can rise, you have more opportunities, people know who you are, the word about who you are spreads. All of that is done through telling stories and and it's like that, you know, if you tell it, they if you tell it, they will come. And and it's true, it's true in churches, it's true in corporations. And it's even true sometimes to the detriment. I mean, I every once in a while check in on the Theranos trial, right? Yeah. And she was an excellent storyteller. Oh now that she abused example. it she abused it, is, yes. it. Like she used that, but she knew what the power was. Um, and she used it and abused it. Uh, allegedly, I don't know where the verdict's at, at this point, but, but you can see, and people, it wasn't even, it didn't even do what it said it would do. And people were throwing billions of dollars all for the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you can use it or abuse it. And Man, that's that's powerful. That's a great example of a negative, right? There I know. Because- I say
1: use it for good. Like, don't. <laughs> that would yeah. be a terrible. That
0: would be a terrible. But it shows thing. the magnitude of storytelling, right? It shows the magnitude, just on a macro level and a micro level, um, how important it is that the stories that we tell ourselves in, within our own minds, and then also mm-hmm. the stories we we share out in the world, and how both of those things can set us up for success or set us up for failure. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's probably also just coming down to the pure fact that we just need to believe in ourselves, right? Which is just like the sim- the most simple, basic human thing that we're all taught when we're little or most of us anyways, you know, in some way or another, whether it was at home or at school, just to simply believe in yourself. And I think that believing in yourself is found in in those those little stories that we tell ourselves right because if you can mm-hmm. choose to tell yourself a positive story it means that you like you're doing that on purpose because you want to believe in yourself you want to believe that you can do something you want to believe that you can make change in your life like that's huge yeah yeah and i
1: and i think it's such a i think the thing that's hard is when we hear just believe in yourself the next question is but How? Like, how do I believe in myself? And this, I feel like the story is the how. Like, it isn't just believe. Here you have actual uh, building blocks, like bricks that you can place together that can move you forward as the path to believing in yourself. And maybe you never fully believe, but but you believe enough to move forward again. And you believe enough to move forward again and and that's really all you need is, is you a need. story to move one more step forward and again you get to choose what that is so here's a perfect um you know you know I'm a soul cycle lover i got the notification um during the resurgence of omicron that we were back to wearing masks while we were on yep. the bike and and you know i I've come to realize and forgive myself for that, like, oh, feeling. And it has nothing to do with the actual the actual mandates or rules but rather that just sense of oh, we're moving backwards and it just sucks to move backwards when we want so badly to move forwards but right. here we are moving backwards and i felt myself when that announcement came out um i had i could feel it and you you mentioned the spiral before like i could feel this like well oh here we go again what's the po- like how why are we blah, 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 you know like going and i thought or what story can I tell myself about this? And I told myself the story. This is gonna sound really weird. Tell it, tell it. I remember when I was growing up, I had this friend who was on the swim team. His name was Logan. And we would always make fun of him uh during swim season because there would be like like semifinals of the swim team, he would come and he would have his like legs shaved. And so he'd just be, have these like bare legs. We're like, love, Logan shaves his legs. And he was like, yeah, because we swim all year with these hairy legs. And then when it comes to the finals, we shave them and all this, that little bit, when you're training that hard, that little bit of resistance gone makes a big difference. A, Physically, but mentally too, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so much faster. So I told myself the story of Logan and his hairy versus not hairy legs, and I was like, that's kind of like what the mask is. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with the mask, and then when we get to take it off again, I'm gonna like my legs will be shaved. Um, So that was one (laughs) of the stories, which is so great. But it it immediately, I was like, oh, okay, it it stopped the spiral. And then the other story I told, I had two other ones. One was because in the Earlier, we had to wear masks and I went and I rode a mask while I was riding the bike and I remember it not being that bad. So I reminded myself of that. I'm like, you remember looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing a mask on and it wasn't that bad. You kept going back. And then the third story was the day that, and this was back in the other, in the first time we had to wear masks, was getting on the bike and being able to take my mask off and riding without it and smiling at my friends and how it was like this sense of jubilation, right? Because right. it's that human connection um, that really I miss more than anything. Right. And so those three stories – and then assuming that at some point that's going to happen again and it's going to feel – how cool is that? That I get to feel that sense of jubilation again. Like that's that's not a bad thing. And so I had those three stories. And oh, all God. of a sudden – I had to,
0: I had to it- tell myself some stories too, girl. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, I can't even imagine as you're like talking through the microphone and you're talking yeah, through the. I mean, but good. But I mean, my other option was to say it's going to be so miserable. I can't do this. I'm going to wait until that's not there anymore. Well, I know that waiting isn't good for me either. Mm-hmm. Like I need. So I had a choice. I wanted to go back. What story was I going to tell myself so that I would? And I went back and felt great. And here we are.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love that. Because for me, I was like, okay, here's my stories. This is what I told myself. I was like, yeah, I want to hear them. Yeah. I'm like, well, here we go again. feels Mm -hmm. like we're going backwards. Correct. But I was like, this is temporary. Mm -hmm. It's going to be temporary. Like, so we're just going to have to just get through it. Um, And then the second thing was, it's like taking away one of your senses, And all of the other senses get heightened. So (sighs) for me, I just have to physically tell the room by the way, I'm smiling ear to ear right now. You can't see it, but I want you to know that I'm smiling ear to ear. And then mm-hmm. like, I'm going to need some more Botox here because I, ha- I wink at people more and I'm smiling with my eyes more. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like all the other senses I tell myself are heightened. And so like the ways in which you connect with people and other humans, you have to try harder to connect with people mm-hmm. when you can't mm-hmm. see their mouth, when you can't, you know, physically like, you know, see their mouth moving or their facial expressions as much. Um, so you just have to work a lot harder to communicate with people. And like there's kind of a lot of beauty in that. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, all right, well, we're back to like deeply connecting with people. Um, mm-hmm. and and that's not so bad. So
1: yeah. And and think about the people in that room. Like they really want to be there. Right. You know? Totally. Like they really and they need you as an instructor. They need they are there because they need you, they need each other. And like that's a – like this is you stepping up to that calling. It's, yeah. it's actually kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, oh, I but I, but I want to take them off. I don't want to wear those anyway. No. Yeah.
0: Let's no. Deal yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, great. So let's uh, – I saw something on your Instagram that I want to kind of unpack, which I thought was interesting. Um, so you said some see failure as the end of the story. Mm. Why not the beginning? And I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that Mm -hmm. so much because so many people, they fail at something or something doesn't work out. And they're like, well, I guess it didn't work out. I guess that's the end. But why not make it just the middle? Oh, man, that was powerful for me. I think that
1: is um, like one of the great secrets to life. And when you get to that point that you realize that A, as a human, you are a storyteller and B, that this is something that's Happening in your head all the time. You're you're writing stories. You're crafting narratives. I mean, we do a really good job of crafting future narratives. Like, think about some of the things that got canceled uh, as a result of the pandemic. That you could picture super clearly. And when they were gone, part of the sadness of it was because it it was almost as if you had lived it. Like you, because your brain had pictured it, told the story so clearly. So when we recognize that nature, then we get to say, okay, so. I'm the author. Why would I make this the end? And 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 if you can approach it with now, I know why we like we like. We like nice, neat packages. We, we like do. to put the period at the end. We like to tie it up in a bow. And we would actually, so much so that we would rather the failure be the end than to stay suspended in the state of muck and confusion that comes with the middle, right? right. Um, we'd rather it just be an unhappy ending than stay in this place where we don't really know what's going on. However, if you can develop the discipline of any time, Big or small, something doesn't work out the way you thought it would. To sit back and say, well, now this, this is gonna make for an interesting story. Like, look at, look at the mess I'm in right now. I wonder how this is gonna turn out. And someday I'm gonna look back on this moment and be like, oh. Remember when I thought that it was all over or I thought it was going to go this way, but then it stopped and it ended up going this way. And now I'm more grateful for it. Uh, just that discipline of being able to see something, a failure, a misstep, um, something as simple as just not going your way as the middle. It, there's a lot of power to that.
0: Yeah. Owning the mess in the middle. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, Okay, a couple more things to touch on here. Um, New Year, new you narrative. That's a story that yeah talk about i hear that all the time and so i know that's something that you've been it's been topical for you recently and i actually just had an episode come out um the first episode of the or the final episode of 2021 was new year same you which is (gasps) we're on the same track yeah
1: yeah yeah well so so tell me about like yeah you hear that you hear that a lot Mm -hmm. right like we we need to be and and i get it it's a really are you a lover of the new year do you love the new year
0: Oh yeah, I am. I am I am one of those. I get excited I about a new year.
1: <laughs> Me too. Like that is my favorite. New Year's Eve is my favorite holiday. Yeah. It is. It's my favorite. I mean, I, Mondays, it's hard to get excited about every single Monday. I also like, I like um, the first day, like back to school when my kids are back at school after summer vacation. I love that day. But like the new year is all of those things on like drugs. It's yes. just, so exciting. This
0: year was especially cool because New Year's Eve was on a Friday and then we had Saturday, Sunday and then Monday, but Sunday night was a full moon. Did you know that?
1: I did not know that. So like
0: the month, the first Monday of 2022, like it was so nice to have New Year's Eve on a Friday and then have the whole weekend to like kind of chill and relax and then like come in hot on your Monday. And it was a new moon Sunday night. So it just, everything was like extra, extra new.
1: Um, I did hear that it was a new moon Sunday. That's right. Although, so tell me this, how did your Monday go?
0: Um, it was. it wasn't, uh, it didn't turn out actually as kick-ass as I wanted it to, but that's for <laughs> a lot of different reasons, but I woke up feeling great. I taught a soul cycle class that was amazing. And then I had a lot of shit go on after that, but the morning
1: that, was awesome. And there, and there's so much like I actually had, so I didn't, I didn't work out, but I got up and I, I had like this epic list to-do list, but I don't call it a to-do list Which is so, I'm like, today is awesome list, but it really is just a to-do list. So I know that just changing the title on the top of the piece of paper of the to-do list doesn't make it any less to-do-y, but I got through so many things and I was so productive. And then at the end of the day, I sat on my couch and was like, wait, this is it? Like I, (laughs) I just accomplished a bunch of things and I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. And, you know, I think there is. So as much as I am a lover of the new year, Um, I think there's a lot of pressure around it. There's external pressure. And I agree. we we just naturally put internal pressure on ourselves. And on top of it, this catchy phrase of new year, new you, um, it feeds into it. And I, I see where it comes from. And I know that there are a lot of people who say, you know, it shouldn't be new year, new you. It should be new year, save you or whatever it is. I guess for me, it comes down to the fact that we never have to be new. I read a book once that was, I picked it up because it was uh, allegedly had some storytelling in it. It was about, it had something to do with stories. And I was actually reading it out loud to my husband in the car on a road trip. This is pre-podcast, pre-audible. Like I was being the audible. And in the book, the author said something like, if you want a better life story, you need to live a better life. And he like went on a Bike ride across the country so that he could, you know, like basically new year, new you. I'm going to now cycle across the country kind of thing. And I was reading this and threw the book across the car. I was so mad. Yeah. Because I said, you, he is completely diminishing the human experience. Like it, it, you don't have to be new. You don't, it doesn't start with doing new things. Right. It starts with, looking back at the best parts of you and paying more attention to those than the parts you don't like, right? Like them wallowing in your failures, all these negative stories. And what if we spent more time on the stories of our small triumphs or when we were kind to someone else or when we felt connected or whatever? You don't have to go do something new. More often than not, we need to recognize the stories about who we really are and that who we are actually is enough if we were to only see it that way. And so that really is like, that's something that I'm really hoping. There's kind of a Wizard of Oz. It's not not an annoying theme in the book, but there's a, there's enough about the Emerald City and the Yellow Brick Road and how we get to these desired destinies. And this really is, this concept has, I don't think I write it in the book, but this is like the ruby slippers that the whole time, they were right there. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like if we just did more work to see that, to stopping the automation, to catching those limiting stories, to choosing better ones things would change our our years would look progressively different <gasps> funny enough that same author um is releasing or released a book on the same day that mine came out oh no way i know of this of this new book so we'll see we'll see how that's so interesting <laughs> it's just a little i don't know Gives me a little extra fire, right? This is his, one of his books I threw across the car. So now we're now we're going for it. We're okay. gonna do that. All right. But I do think that's the new year, new you. I think you should just take a look at the you you really are, and and you don't need to be new.
0: Yeah, and fall in love with that person, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. I will ask you one more question that I ask everyone, which is what is one piece of advice or the best piece of advice that you could give a former version
1: of you? I would tell her to just keep being you. That it's okay. That it's not. It's not always going to make sense. Uh, people will tell you that that should change. I think we we hear that in ex- all all of us do. We hear it in explicit ways. We hear it in subtle ways. Um, sometimes you do really want to be something else. And you start looking around, trying to figure out, you know, how do I be more like that person or more like that person? And while I think there's always really great things to learn, um, had a lot of incredible mentors in my life time and time again, it comes back to when I am being me, that's when I'm my best. Mm. So to keep doing that. I love that.
0: Well, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on. Um, everyone go pick up a copy of her book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. Kendra, it was such an honor. And uh, thank you so much for all the wisdom and awesome things you shared with us today.
1: Oh, it's just awesome. Thanks for,
0: thanks for your great questions. <laughs> this is fun. All right. Man, there is so much power in rewriting our stories. So much power in changing the narrative. I think one of the biggest things, I feel like one of the key takeaways was just randomly for me, it was that story that Kendra told about how she was on the schoolyard and had to do the pull-up contest. And, you know, everyone was waiting on her and she couldn't pull herself up and she fell down on the ground. And, you know, we all, I feel like, have that random weird story that's kind of stuck in our minds. And it's something silly like that. And, And then we allow that story to mold and shape who we are in ways that we don't even realize. And then over time, it affects how we show up in the world. It's that simple, but we make it so complicated and we don't even also realize how often we're just living our lives on autopilot. And we just let these these little stories from long, long ago shape and mold us. So I hope that this episode allows you to find a way to pattern interrupt. I hope it helps you find a way to rewrite some of those stories that are no longer serving you to release that narrative and to instead lean on experiences when you succeeded, lean on experiences when you were scared and you found your way, right? Because there is an abundance of those stories within each and every one of us. There's an abundance of those stories. It's just a matter of getting into the habit and the routine of picking those stories and choosing those stories to support why you can do something instead of picking and choosing the stories to support why you can't do something. Because I promise you, there is an equal amount of both, right? Right? So where, like, let's cherry pick on purpose, cherry pick the stories that support why you can do something. And that is what I leave you with today. So uh, I'm Victoria Brown. Make sure you're following us uh, at very best self. Uh, you can go ahead and follow me as well at Victoria Brown. If you're not already and do us a huge favor, share this episode, share it on Instagram, tag us, uh, share it with somebody you love, someone you think that this uh, episode will help. Cause that's what it's all about. That's why we do this. Um, and then if you got some extra time, we'd love for you to subscribe, give us five stars and definitely write a, view- a review. That is a wrap. You guys, thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week.